This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone, live from the warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West. Prices so low, it'll blow your mind. All right, Gordon, should we uh, proceed with the list? Yeah, let's go on. Bradley Beal and Kevin Love are now out from Team USA due to injury and COVID protocol. They've been replaced by Keldon Johnson and JaVale McGee. I was uh, so the Kelton Johnson was not surprising because he's on the select team, right? right? And and they were talking about calling guys up. The Javale McGee one certainly surprised me a little bit, just because he's you don't consider him as your atypical Olympic player. He's but a journeyman. I bet they're running into a couple. Well, I bet they're running into one thing. A lot of guys saying no. I yeah. bet there's a lot of no's out there, and Javale probably wants to play. But they do need a tougher guy. I mean. You know what I mean? The the physical international style, they kind of need a – I don't know if I'd call Javel a bruiser, but they they need a little bit of a, a tougher big. And, I, you know, Kevin Love is a fine player, and Damian Lillard said Kevin Love wasn't struggling. That's not the reason he's leaving. But And I would never in a million years say that JaVale McGee is better than Kevin Love. But JaVale is a, maybe a useful type of player. Well, it's funny how you had some players who – are saying no, who don't want to be a part of it. And then you have other players like John Morant and Trey Young who are basically complaining about not being selected. Yeah, well, we should probably select those guys. They're pretty good. <laughs> they're pretty good. I don't know if they're what this team needs either. I mean, they're yeah. both one-on-one scores, which the, there's an abundance of on the team, but they're also both pretty good. Jake, I don't know why people do the things that they do sometimes. And I've seen – Okay, like I told you about the time that uh, I, I took my family to Europe and we went to Switzerland. And there was Did a, you take your sons-in-law too at the time? I took one son-in-law because I only had one at the time. Did you look at him bitterly like he was freeloading? Uh, they, they were all freeloading. Okay, all right. Yeah, everybody, everybody was freeloading. Okay, sorry. Hey, right. yeah, that's my middle name. Did everybody, I, everybody get awkward glances like you're freeloading? <laughs> Uh, no, I do I demand a little bit of appreciation on okay. on occasion. Right. I'm anyway. sorry, I, I derailed you. Though. Yeah, you so went we to were, Europe with your family. So we were at, at, in the Alps, and uh, and two of my daughters decide they want to jump off a cliff. And uh, there's this place there in the middle of uh, the Alps near Interlaken, where you can jump off this this uh, platform. And you swing down over a river. But, I mean, it is a long, long drop. It wasn't like bungee cord jumping or whatever, but it was similar to that. And two of them wanted to do it. And I'm looking at them like, why would you want to do this? But they wanted to. And so they did, and they were okay. And it was, you know, we filmed the thing, and it was fun. Well, two women, did you see the video of this? No. Two women on a swing that went out over a 6,300-foot deep canyon in Russia, uh, well, they fell off the swing as it swung out over the enormous drop. 6,300 feet, 
That's a long, long way, Jake. How tall is the Wasatch right here in front of us? That's well, not 6,300 from here. Uh, well, you Salt Lake's at what, like 4,000? And what's 4,500 or so? Then what's Hidden Peak in uh, Snowbird? Oh, I, well, yeah, but can you see that from the valley floor? How tall is Mount Olympus? I don't know. Uh, what is Mount Olympus? About 10,000, maybe. So it's about the same as falling down the front of the Wasatch. And what happened was the swing, the guy was swinging them out. And when they, when they swung back, uh, he pushed them again. And they came back and they hit the side of the standard, holding up the swing. And whoop, there they went. Now, did they survive? There was a platform underneath right where they fell. And so they escaped with bruises. But I thought, my goodness, why... Do people? Why do people do these things, Jake? Boy, you sure buried that platform in this story. Yeah, well, you really I mean, did. They, yeah, you, you thought, really you thought, did. Sorry, they I mean, I mean you know, I'm thinking, why are we talking about these feet, ladies yeah. that were killed? <laughs> I just people are people really looking for thrills like that? Is that what is it about the thrill seeker that that makes people you know be willing to pay to do it? What did your daughter say? Uh, I didn't get a good response from that. Well, I'm not rushing out to do it myself, so you're not going to get a good response from me either. Wait, so Gordon, so they did one of those those like uh, those flying squirrel suits? Is that what they did? No, no they weren't. No, they they were attached to this thing that. Uh, so as they fell, they had they had a, a steep, steep free fall, and then at the last second, the thing was sort of like a bungee cord where it was swing them out over the water and then back, and then they could they could pull them across and get them down. And, yeah, I, I didn't understand it. We had to sign all these waivers, you know? And I'm just saying, why are we signing all this stuff? Yeah, those people in Europe are lo- just looking to kill Americans. I'd be, I wouldn't be doing stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I would either. Anywho. A Louisiana man, Jake, a fellow by the name of Jimmy Jennings, 26 years old. Well, he was in a pickup truck, I guess, with a couple of his buddies. And they got stuck in traffic on a high bridge. Uh, in, I guess, Louisiana there. And they were stuck for hours. And so they were bored. And so Jimmy decides, I'm going to go jump off the bridge. I've seen this video. Uh, did you see it? Yes. That's a long, long way down. It I mean, was. it wasn't 6,300 feet, but it was 100 feet. It's funny because he just bounces out of the car. Bounces like... out of the car, goes over, jumps right off the thing without looking, and into the water. The problem was that he thought he was going to land in the water and just swim over to the side and climb back up and get in the truck again. However, the fall did injure him, and he yeah, had to be rescued. He hurt his shoulder. Yeah, it, it washed him downriver a long way. Did you read that part of it? <laughs> yes. Yes, he had to be rescued. He said it was a – he said the second that he left the side of the bridge and started his descent, he thought immediately – this was a stupid idea. I think he got arrested, too. Oh, did he? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. All right, and then there's this. And you, you told me about this story, and then I saw it again today, Jake. A dude from Nashville, he stole 29 beers out of a cooler at Nissan Stadium. 
uh, and he was caught on surveillance video. You gotta, this is, if you're thinking about doing something stupid sometime, just remember that there are cameras everywhere. Your uh, Big Brother is watching almost no matter where you are. So keep that in mind. Well, he uh, was arrested in the parking lot for loading the 29 beers into, what was it, some sort of sack or something, right? And he's out in the parking lot, and he was arrested. And when the officers asked him why he took the beer, he said, the door was open. You know, this is an interesting story. Uh, obviously, it's still against the law, even if uh, the security there at Nissan Stadium isn't exactly uh, Fort Knox. But the the number of beers was curious to me because, Gordon, I don't know how many 30 packs of beer you've hefted in your day, but it's quite heavy. Did, so he, did, he empty the, were... did he empty the fridge or did he draw the line for some reason at 29? You know, I... these these details jump into my mind because it's not like, you know, you stole like uh, five or six beers. I mean, 29, that's a, that's a determined beer theft right there. It is. And, and I, I would guess that it was a matter of uh, how much he could carry. How much? How how heavy was too heavy? That's yeah. How true. how much would twenty nine beers away? You think? Well, you could do the math there. You know, twenty nine times twelve, 12. ounces. <laughs> Must not do math. No, let's not. <laughs> We've learned not to do that. Uh, Jake, are you into Shark Week? No. I mean, people really get into this. Isn't it going on right now, Lloyd? Yes, it is. I mean. I'm not sure I understand this completely because I have, as you know, I have come uh, in close proximity to sharks, and it's no fun. You know, I don't know. Again, it gets back to this thrill thing or something. But you know, I mean, I've caught sharks, and I've 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 been in the water when sharks have been around, and it I don't I don't understand the fascination. Well, they have sharp teeth. I don't want to get eaten. <laughs> you know, I don't watch Shark Week just because I just don't watch all that much. Like, I don't know. My my TV watching isn't uh, as much as it used to be. But I never was really into Shark Week. But, but when I have roommate, I had roommates that were. It made me laugh how all the because Shark Week's on Discovery Channel, right? It, it made me laugh how the other cable channels in that space start uh... start it's like <laughs> they don't call it shark week but it's like shark days on nat geo <laughs> you know because it's kind of a phenomenon so the other channel trying, trying to piggyback on that is kind of funny one last question for you jake and it's this what uh what's your favorite summertime sport to either watch or uh, let me let me split the question in half What's your favorite sport to watch in the summer, and what's your favorite sport to actually play during the summer? During the summer, uh, to watch during the summer, so not the bobsled. <laughs> Do you consider I basketball guess, I, a summertime sport? Uh, I guess you could, although it's kind of weird because I've always thought that basketball should be played in the Winter Olympics, not the Summer Olympics, because they. They play it during the winter. Although yeah, but that's it's not on snow or ice. Which is the criteria for yeah. the Winter Olympics. Um, you know, what do you consider football? Uh, fall. Fall. Okay. 
Well, and, and I consider basketball really not summer. I know they're playing. So the now. only option is baseball then? Well, I don't know. I don't know. You might, I don't know what you, you might like horse racing. You might like cricket. You might like uh, any number. Badminton? Badminton, yeah. The Summer Olympics are coming up. So the Olympics are all inclusive <laughs> into one sport? Yeah. Well, I guess you could jam them all together. So I guess if baseball is my only choice, I'm going with baseball in the summer. Um, and, How about the play? Well, obviously, swim. Hot. You take swimming over golf? Uh, no. No. I would not. No. Wait, let me get your Are you calling golf a summer sport? Yes. What else would it be? I don't know. They play golf from uh, like 11 months out of the year. Not yeah, but they're, they're but they're but they're kind of traveling with the weather for the most part. Yeah, it's not like here. they're tra- they're like golfing in winter. Well, yes, obviously it would be golf. What do you think, Lloyd? Yeah, uh, yeah, I'd say I'd say golf. Golf would be my sport. Oh, Jake, you already said swimming. Well, I thought it's. Hot. I didn't picture it's you the... as much of a swimmer. No, by like the way. get in the pool. You know, it's hot outside. <laughs> so you mean just like uh, not 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 exactly swimming, but floating. Yeah, well, I'm not swimming laps. Okay. Well, you say swimming. I'm just like, wow, he's just going to go out there and just swim. Right? You're one of those floaties and <laughs> Okay, so let me let me let me reconstruct the question. What's your favorite sport that isn't played on ice or snow? To watch and to play. Uh probably football then golf. All right. How about you, Lloyd? Well, you just said to play. You played baseball. Why aren't you saying? Uh, right now, my favorite to play is golf. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'd say right there, golf uh, golf and football. We can ask that question a lot. Actually, but- you know what? I'm going to go. I'm going to add and I'll add a third and cornhole because that is a great summer sport, summer wait, fall sport. Wait, wait, is that a sport or is that an activity? No, that's a sport. Lloyd was in a league. Yes. Where are you in? A, what kind of league? A uh, cornhole you, league. <laughs> what do you mean? What kind of league? What are we talking about? Well, yeah, I know it's cornhole, but I mean, did, uh, is it professional? Is it? I mean, well, the league I was that I did was not professional, but they have like a a big professional league, like in Texas. Like they have a big tournament. Like it's a big thing. Well, you did win money. Lloyd, I did. So technically, I think you were a professional. Well, I wouldn't say professional, but yeah, we we did. I did take first once. How how much how much did you did you get? It was like I think uh, I think it was one hundred and fifty per person, something like that. Yeah, he's played at a bar cornhole league, Gordon. <laughs> so, how much did you get? So so what okay. was the purse? So, so here's here's my question about cornhole. Many of our listeners know what cornhole is, but some of them don't. How would you describe a, a, a cornhole and and what skill does it take to play it? Are you asking Everybody. me or are you asking Gore, yeah. or Jake? Asking Lloyd, who are you asking? Lloyd, you're the pro. Everybody knows what cornhole yeah. is. Yeah. What year do you I, How would this? I, I describe know. it? It's it's like horseshoes, but with a, a bean bag and a uh, a wooden uh, like table of sorts. Right. With a hole and, in it. With yeah, a hole yeah. in it, and, and you're, you're trying, trying to make to... it into that hole. Okay, so <laughs> if cornhole is so popular, why why isn't horseshoes? Well, horseshoes is popular. I played horseshoes the other day. You did? Yeah. I haven't played horses in a long, long time. I, I just, you know, I, I, I just wonder, you know, uh, how many people play cornhole. 
I I haven't played cornhole in you know structured cornhole ever. Well, I've got my own boards. What's your point? I'm, I mean, you yeah, do. So do yeah. I. Yes. And, okay. So how far apart? I mean, how far? What's the distance from the spot of launch to the board? I don't know what the official what is. Was it like 25, 30 feet, something like that? It's not that oh. far. Not that far. I can't well, you remember. Just eyeball it. So you 20, would rather maybe you twenty. Would, you'd rather play cornhole than say shuffleboard. You're like Michael Jordan, you know. You just sit there and criticize everybody's answer I'm not after criticizing. after you know. Hey, answer me this question, and then just pick it apart. <laughs> All right. I mean, I used to play shuffleboard when I was a kid. That was kind of fun. I haven't played shuffleboard forever. Is that is that considered a, a like an old person sport? Twenty-seven feet between cornhole boards, by the oh, way, from the were, front. You were close with. So that. there's a cornhole board on each end, right? Yes, and you can't step in front of the cornhole board when okay. you're tossing. Okay. Coming up next, a thorough breakdown on bocce ball. <laughs> bocce ball. Well, is that bocce ball like lawn bowling? Kind of, uh, yeah. You ever played spike ball? I have. You like that? It was fun, yeah. That that's takes some skill. Now, apparently that's quite popular these days. With the kids. <laughs> With the, the young folk, like when I'm over law, when I'm over shuffleboarding, they're over there playing spike ball. It's just so funny that you had Lloyd give such a thorough breakdown on what exactly cornhole is. <laughs> I thought some of our listeners might not know. Yeah, tell us about Monopoly. They're college football <laughs> fans, Gordon. Of course they know. Yes. <laughs> okay. Do people play cornhole out in the parking lot yes. at the stadium? I believe that's where the game originated. Are, are you supposed to do most people who play cornhole drink while they do it? I don't know. You don't have to. It's not required. It's not a requirement. I just wondered if maybe that made it more, you know, challenging or more fun or something. Not really. Well, it makes most things more fun. I mean, what's on the board? What, what I mean, is it just does, is it designed with something? We is don't it, need to it, get more thorough have, into it. Does it have like a clown face with a big nose in the middle? A what? lot of different ways you can paint them. Gordon. Okay. Most people paint them with the the colors and logos of their favorite sports teams. Where they? <laughs> okay. Yeah, like mine, San Francisco Giants. Yeah. Oh, all right. See, I didn't know that. How? I don't know. I think I've played cornhole once, and it was very unstructured. But you've walked through a tailgate, right, in the last <laughs> 20 years? Yeah. Let's go to break. You guys. 1825 South, 300 West. Why is it called cornhole? Where does that come from? Joining us now, Clayton, of course, with <laughs> us uh, once again. Uh, hello, Clayton. How's it going, guys? Clayton, have you ever played? Have you, the, have you ever played cornhole? Of course, I played cornhole. You should see me and my dad get into it cornhole. <laughs> see, Tom's with it. Uh, Gordon just asked Lloyd to give a thorough breakdown on what exactly cornhole was, like it hasn't been around for the last twenty some odd years. Well, I mean, if you say the name and you don't know what you're talking about, it does kind of sound. It kind of sounds provocative. Kind of sounds weird, to be honest. When I first played it, I heard it uh, described as bags, and I called it bags for a long time because I like that name so much more. But I, I think I've lost that battle. You know, you know what we play at our house more than than cornhole. We play bocce ball. Mm-hmm. Bocce ball, yeah. Mm-hmm. I like bocce ball too. Yeah, lawn games are are incredibly fun. Uh, let's let's talk Little about Sunday. Sunday. 
little Sunday afternoon activity with the family, a little bocce ball, oh, get heated over who won and who's closer. I know it's the best. Now, some straight, Clayton, I imagine that your family, knowing uh, so many members of it, that the competition probably got pretty rugged at times. <laughs> you know it. <laughs> Sunday dinner after after a close bocce ball match might be a little awkward. After after me and my dad get into who's closer, how many inches are you to the white ball? And all right, get the measuring stick, get the measuring tape out. Speaking of competition, Clayton, uh, your competition can't come close to what you guys are doing these days as far as price goes and inventory, for that matter. Exactly. You, Jake, you said it. Inventory's been tough. We talked about it last uh, break. We were lucky because my dad was very aggressive as soon as the pandemic hit. He foresaw being in the industry so long and being in, in wholesale so long, my dad kind of knew – to get his hands on inventory and we've been we've been fighting for deals as soon as we found out that the the pandemic was going to hit and uh of course you know our bread and butter if you didn't know by now you should know we are the best place to get an adjustable bed now for those of you those of you who don't know what an adjustable bed is it's a base so you take out your old box springs that you got as a wedding gift from your uncle. You throw out the slats. You keep the bed that you have. If you enjoy it, you have a nice bed. Keep the headboard, the footboard, and the rails. Throw out the box springs. Throw out the slats. And you put in a base that's adjustable. The head goes up. The foot, the foot goes up. And you can even get ones that have two massaging zones, have charging ports directly in there so you don't need to be searching for the charger behind the wall and deal with that mess and we also have led lights and today i want to offer the gordon monson special which today we're going to do a gordon monson special we're going to do it through monday today tomorrow and monday a queen size head up foot up with a free mattress you come in and buy that base I'm going to give you a free mattress that has a 10-year warranty at $17.99. You heard that correctly. Other places, you can buy a mattress for $17.99, maybe on sale for $12.99. I'm going to give you an adjustable bed, head up, foot up. It's not the basic little metal, chinky-dinky one you can get online. No, it's the head up and foot up queen size and if you buy it i'm gonna throw in a free mattress that has a 10-year warranty and remember if you come in and use the credit the west creek credit i'll even give you a 10 percent more on top of that 17.99 price boom go find a better deal for a queen size adjustable bed mattress and 10-year warranty i dare you at the warehouse boom all right, Clayton, 1825 South, 300 West. It's the warehouse. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, guys. We'll have more coming up next. Take advantage of that Gordon Monson special. Get hooked up. 1825 South, 300 West. More straight ahead, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is DJ and PK. 
somehow BYU 2021 has to justify 2020. This season that they have, the angle that's going to be taken is unlike any angle that has ever been taken in our market because they have to justify this year and justify last year, even though last year is done and over with and they had the number two pick in the NFL draft, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't matter. We're still going to hear C or BYU is going to say C. I know what I'm going to hear. I just don't know where I'm going to hear it from. You hear the same word, but the inflection of the word. See? See? Exactly. Precisely. That's exactly how it's going to play out. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. This is The Big Show with Jake Scott and Gordon Monson, presented by Big O Tires, with the lowest price on every tire, every day, with no credit needed financing options available. Big O Tires, the team you trust. It's The Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone, live from the warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West. Price is so low to blow your mind. Uh, They know that uh, 300 West is... It's a bit of a mess at the moment, but uh, they want you to know that if you uh, just be patient, get through, they're going to make it well worth your while. Come in and get that uh, Gordon Monson special, adjustable queen bed with a free mattress. Uh, take advantage of it, 1825 South, 300 West. Yeah, that sounded pretty good. Uh, Gordon, I know it was on the list, but I thought we'd circle around back to it. It's kind of the biggest story in the NBA today. Well, uh, you know, the finals, of course, uh, resuming tomorrow, but... Uh, Damian Lillard, and it's been a bit of a of a roller coaster, Gordon, because they're, it started with a report that he's uh, planning on requesting a trade, and then it spiraled from there, where we're seeing multiple reports. Frank Isola had one about how he's going to meet with the, the president and the coach today, which actually is true, but Damian Lillard said it's a just a conversation. Uh, but uh, it, uh, there was reports, Gordon, that there were the four teams he had requested to be traded to that's out there. Knicks fans were all excited because they thought they were going to New York. And the Sixers and there were what was the Lakers and there was one more that was on there, the Heat maybe. But anyway, uh, Damian Lillard himself then had media availability as part of Team USA. And he said that uh, he hasn't made up his own mind and he doesn't know where some of these things are. Uh, some of these things are coming from. So it's a bit of a. It's been a bit of a roller coaster in the Damian Lillard land today, but I, you know, it would be it would be major if a player of that category were on the trade market. Yeah, I I, I agree with that, and uh, I mean, we saw you and I have talked a lot about this this week. Uh, I don't know why it's been on our mind, but uh, it has been. And uh, where are you? Explain to our listeners where you are on this, Jake, because I think there is room for criticism of players who sign big-time contracts and then a year later say, ah, just kidding, get me out of here. I, 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 There's something wrong with that. Um, so let me say I, I, I don't like it. I, I, I don't. I think, the, I think it's taking advantage of a rule or it's taking advantage of uh, something in the system where – you can get paid more money for showing loyalty to a team. They yeah. do that to encourage players to stay with with franchises, and and you know the NBA doesn't like major players alienating uh, entire fan bases. That's something that they've tried to discourage. And the way that they do it in the CBA is saying, okay, well this team can pay you more money if you stay. 
And so by re-upping on these monster deals and then turning around in not a long period of time and saying, never mind, I want out of here, I I feel like it's bad faith. Yeah. I feel I feel like that's bad faith. Now, I do think that that's different than what, say, Paul George did, where he says, hey, free agency is on the horizon. Right. And I'm going. I'm bouncing. I'm not going to resign here. So, but I, but I I still love you and don't want you to lose me for nothing. So it would be in your best interest to, to, you know, make a move. I don't, I feel like that's a different scenario than signing a big deal and then turning around, you know, a year or two into it and saying, never mind. What about that's different? What about the argument uh, that, Wait a minute. Uh, circumstances change uh, in a franchise uh, for an individual personally. Do you think there should be wiggle room for that kind of situation? Uh, I, I, this is where I am. I think you, you, as a professional, you know this. You know you. I mean, Damian Lillard has been in Portland for a long time. This coach, coaching hire, may have caught him off guard, I, you know, whatever. But as far as I'm concerned, you sign the contract, you should live up to it. Now, you, you know, you and I have the conversation about college players, and I think that's a different thing because it's not a four- or five-year deal. It's different than that. But if, you, if you're a player and you come to the table, and like you said, a team can pay you more money to stay and you sign off on that, then live up to your terms. Live up to your end of the deal. Or have the courage to go out into free agency and maybe you take a few dollars less. Right. If that's what you want to do, then you, yeah, right. you're perfectly okay doing that. Right. But don't be signing deals and then forcing trades. I, did, I, I think that's bad form all the way around. And it's not good for the game. It's not good for the league. It's not good for the teams. And, again, I understand that a player, when he's approaching free agency – or an extension, he can observe, he can look around and say, okay, I don't like the way this looks, so I'm well within my right to go somewhere else. Then go somewhere else. Don't sign the deal and then a year later say, oh, okay, that's the last straw. I'm out of here. So the other end of the argument would be, and this is not how I feel, by the way, but we try to represent most angles on this show when we uh, when we can. The other end of the argument is, well, uh, the franchise can tell a player to pack his stuff in the middle of the night and ship him off to somewhere he doesn't want to go. Why shouldn't a player be able to twist a franchise's arm into playing where he wants to play? I mean, that's that's what the player empowerment folks will tell you. But But to your conclusion, I don't know. I don't know if that's good for the product. I don't know if that's good for the game. I mean, the NBA is an entertainment company. It's not a fairness company. Well, you bring up a good point. Uh, teams can unload a player whenever they want. In um, most circumstances, unless there's a no-trade clause. But Yeah. I mean, that's the top 1% of the whole league, maybe. But that's built into the deal. I mean, that's understood. When that player signs on the line, he understands that. Yeah. Right? But it doesn't make it fair, per se. Because uh, a lot of people view things through that lens. Life ain't fair. So. Uh, yeah, I'm not saying I'm one of them. 
I mean, you, there's a lot of perks to being an NBA player, and one of the downsides is that where you play isn't entirely in your control. So uh, is the assertion on the part of those who make that argument that they believe that trade should not be allowed? Um, I think what they're saying is that, the you know, much like your college argument, that the the water should go both ways under the bridge. But which is ultimately unfair, honestly, in my opinion. Then why? Because sign it only goes it know? only goes one way for the upper upper echelon of players. Right. Your average rank and file NBA player is still going to play wherever they're told to play because they don't carry the clout to determine what a franchise does. I wonder where the line is drawn between the player who, no matter how much they're making, they are a bargain for the franchise, uh, the LeBron Jameses of the world, versus a player who knows his ship has come in and that he's making $7 million a year and he, you know, he's okay, but he's not great. Oh, there's uh, – there are – only a few truly, truly money-generating players. But yeah. the way that it's the way that it's laid out is there's a minimum and there's a maximum, so it spreads the wealth throughout the union. So as, honestly, there, what would the Lakers pay LeBron James if they were paying market value? You mean if they if, if they, they had if to they pay were, him if what he's what truly he, worth, he could truly negotiate. I mean, what what would his what would his salary be? Without any limitation? Double, triple, quadruple yeah. what it is now? Yeah, I mean, probably. Right? But but then you look at a player like, oh, who's a, oh, I don't know, a vet minimum guy. You know, vet minimum, what is it, three, four million dollars a year? Could be off on that, but it's somewhere in there. Okay. I mean, how many people are turning on the TV or going to the game to watch a vet minimum dude? Not a lot. Not a lot. but And I think there are a lot more in the latter category than there are in the former. Okay. And, and uh, how, may, many, how many do you think there are? Well, and I mean, it, I certainly would put Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert both in that category for the Jazz. So you're but I don't about All-Stars? But I don't know if I – yeah. Well, not only All-Stars, but, um, I mean, it, it, branding and all that stuff comes into it too, right? Like uh, Carmelo Anthony sucks now, but he probably put some butts in the seats. I don't know if he comes out on the, the net positive side of that anymore. But at one point, you know, the Knicks were god-awful, but people came to see Melo. See, I don't put Carmelo on that list. I, uh, I'm talking about back in the yeah, day. Yeah, maybe. yeah, okay. And maybe maybe he was on there, maybe he wasn't. But, uh, you know, there's maybe a player, a couple players per team. But I don't know. We'd have to talk to, a, like, a like an economist or yes. an accountant or uh-huh. a, maybe even more of a marketing expert uh, about this subject because I'm not so sure. But I – I would guess there's more guys making more than they're worth than there are less. Uh, yeah, I would agree. And those people are generally pretty happy where they are because they're happy to pick up the paycheck. Right. I mean, how many players in NBA history have we seen be journeymen simply because they have a big contract where they can get pieced into a bigger move? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like these guys that are making more than what they're worth, and they bounce around to nine different uh, markets because they have uh, an extraordinarily tra- valuable contract from a trade standpoint to make trades work. You think those guys care? Like, I'll, I'll play in 20 different markets. I'm making 
$12 million a year. I'm probably worth two. So let me ask you a question about Let's localize this a little bit. Let's say that, uh, okay, who was it? Uh, it was uh, Brian Windhorst who tweeted out that thing about Donovan Mitchell, right? He didn't tweet it out. He said it on a he podcast. He said it on a podcast, and then it, uh, it made the rounds. What would happen if uh, a player like Donovan, who has been so popular here, what would happen if he wanted to trade? What, what, how do you think the Jazz would go about that kind of thing? Well, I'd guess they'd do everything uh, they could to appease him before it became an ultimatum. But, uh, I mean, if he gave him the ultimatum, I, I think they'd probably have to move him. I don't know what option that they'd have. How do you think the fan base would react to that? Negatively. In a big, big way. Oh, yeah. You know, Gordon Hayward, he, uh, he was very unpopular here for a while, but he was a free agent. He was well within his rights to go play for his – accomplish his unfinished business with his college coach. I mean, that, that was – it was underhanded the way he did it in both of our opinions, but it was legal. Uh, in the case of somebody who just signed an extension to pay him upwards of $200 million, if a player like that were to say, up, oh, I want out of here, that would turn really, really ugly, in my opinion. It certainly would be a rejection. Um, I, I don't know. What – what Hayward did to the franchise, I think, is actually more – would be more offensive than if cause, – because cause, I feel like we're jinxing things even having this conversation. But Well, we're, like, not, it, we're it, not reporting anything. No, this no, is, no. We're talking about what's going on with Damian Lillard, and we don't even know about him. Right. But we have seen it with James Harden. We saw it with Anthony Davis. There have been some other cases. But they'd at least get compensation for Donovan. And he could roll out exactly what you said, the well things changed argument, you know. Or I I can't accomplish what I want to accomplish with this team. Whether it's true or not, he could play that card. But Gordon Hayward, I mean, just the middle double barrel middle finger <laughs> on the way out the door was, was something spectacular. Yeah. Yeah. No no uh no trade exception, no nothing. Just here you go. Double barrel. <laughs> We talked earlier about guys on the freeway that are driving past somebody. <laughs> that, that's what Gordon Hayward did. Yeah. Gordon Hayward slowed down in the fast lane, and then <laughs> as the jazz drifted by, he did. He gave him the double barrel. The double barrel. Yeah. yeah. This is what I think of you <laughs> on the way out the door. And then uh, and then uh, after after he went by, uh, and uh, took the freeway exit and landed in Boston. He got a flat tire. Oh, jeez. Injury jokes? Sorry. Again? More injury so, jokes? Sorry. That, I apologize. That was out of, out of line, right? Yeah. Out of line. Injury jokes usually are out of line. I apologize. Very good. Good. That's <laughs> that's great. Um but I, I mean, good year. All right, we we we'll have more coming up next. We're we're live from the warehouse, eighteen twenty five South, three hundred West. More next, ninety seven five and twelve eighty the zone.
The top 60 and 60 is back on the Zone Sports Network. Get your college football fix every day at 1.30 as the Zone counts you down to the start of the 2021 season by listing off the top 60 players in the state of Utah as voted on by the local media. You'll also hear from the coaches as they talk about the players that will impact their season the most. It's the top 60 and 60, weekdays at 1.30. Presented by Cypress Credit Union and ICON. On your home of the the best college football coverage in Utah. 975-1280 the zone and the zone sports network. This is the big show with Jake Scott and Gordon Monson, presented by Big O Tires, with the lowest price on every tire every day. With no credit needed, financing options available. Big O Tires, the team you trust. The big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 the zone live at the warehouse, 1825 South 300 West. Prices so low, it'll blow your mind. It's time for a Market update brought to you by TridayTrading.com. Now anyone can be a day trader. Visit TridayTrading.com. Hey, Gordon, how'd those markets do today? Speaking of prices going down, that's what the market did today. The Dow was off just shy of 300 points. Okay. The NASDAQ was off uh, about 115, 116 points. And the S&P down uh, 32 and change. That doesn't sound good. No, not a, not a terrific day. No, that doesn't sound good at all. All right. Well, let's hope for better next week. There, yes, indeed. There, uh, Gordon. That's what I always say. Let's, uh, wouldn't want to have Gordon trade down his automobile or anything. Oh, that would be painful. I know. You know, just paring it down to one would be hard. I'm Look, sure. people are just trying to hang on to their their you know retirement funds and whatnot. You know, they're just trying to you know make a little something, you know, and something to count on. So sometimes it gets a little bit shaky, but I think things will sort out. Well, come on down to the warehouse. Uh, because are you heavily invested? Heavily invested in what? In the stock market. In uh, in uh, in gift cards, yes, <laughs> heavily, in, in what, Hev- heavily invested. What kind of gift in, cards in, are you? You know, I like to to spread it around. You know, to coffee stands <laughs> you're, you're and, diversified. and grocery stores, and yeah, I like to make sure we're diverse. And uh, your risk car factor? washes. You know what? Your risk factor low. <laughs> Are you extremely <laughs> you're, low? You're a cautious investor, are you? I mean, as you know, as cautious it, uh, as it can be. What do they call those beta factors? Is that what they are? Uh, anyway, just uh, yeah. I mean, some people are looking to get rich, and some people are just looking to for security. That's well, all. Hey, jump on uh, Tri Day Trading's bandwagon. Yeah. They know what they're doing. All right, we're here at the uh, we're here at the warehouse, eighteen twenty five South, three hundred West, and this is a great upcoming weekend to uh, shop for furniture, and our friend Clayton is joining us once again. Oh, no, we don't have Clayton yet. Apologies. So tell the... Tell Sorry, the, Lloyd, I thought I, I misheard you. Tell our listeners what you've seen around. You've walked around a little bit. What do you see? Well, I, I, I'm pretty wild about the sectionals. I mean, they've got a really good variety. Clayton talks about that Clayton special. That's a very nice uh, piece of furniture, and I like the fact that it's locally made. 
which yeah. is pretty cool. So, uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm all about the couches. But he, I, you know, Tom has been been uh, riding my case, and Clayton, of course, too, about the adjustable bed, which yeah. I haven't taken that plunge. But that is very Austin and I both have. I know, and it's very intriguing to me because uh, it it seems useful. I asked Austin. I said, "How do you like your adjustable bed?" And he said, "It changed my life." I said, "Well, that's fairly convincing." So I listened to the man, and I got myself an adjustable adjustable bed from right here at the warehouse. And uh, you'll like it, Jake. You'll well, like yeah. It. I mean, you spend so much time. Uh, you think about it. You spend a lot of time in your bed. Apparently, you know? you're not spending quite as much time in your bed as you would like to spend, uh, considering the two young ones. Yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, but that's not neither here nor there. I'm still standing. Let me ask you, by the way, real quick, uh, how that's going, because uh, your beautiful wife, Naz, is uh, out of uh, out of out of town right now. She is out of town this weekend. That and is you're true. you're holding down the fort yourself. I've got uh, both kids. Yeah, it's it's how's something that going for you. Uh, I mean, you know, night one in the books, and it was fine. I mean, all right. I'm still standing. Ask me how I'm feeling on Sunday. Well, get one of those adjustable beds, Jake, and uh, Clayton will tell you all about it because I, well, I just love, we just, Austin and I love ours. Clayton, we were just talking about how life-changing those adjustable beds can be. It's so true, Jake, and there's a reason why everyone in my family sleeps on an adjustable bed, and almost everyone at the station has has come in and bought an adjustable bed because... It's life-changing. It really is. Uh, I always joke with my friends and, and my dad, but now that I'm on the third floor, you know, in my 30s, it's not the same just sleeping anywhere, you know? You can't just sleep on the sleep on your stomach on the floor. And, you know, kind of those college frat boy days are, are kind of over, and, and you realize that it's so important to invest in help, and there's no better way of doing it than sleeping Right. I'm a huge believer in, in getting a, an amazing night's sleep. And, you know, if you're going to spend, even call it five hours a night, which to me is ridiculous, you should at least seven hours. But if you're going to spend five to eight hours of your day laying on somewhere, something to recharge those batteries, make it the best. And guess what? You don't have to take out, you know, a loan. You, you have to put money, you know, take money out of your house on your to get into one of these adjustable beds you don't have to sell a, a, a kidney here at the house we have prices so low that it's insane we're literally half the price of our competitors and and last break i talked about gordon monchin special this queen size bed that we're doing if you come in and buy that queen size bed um get it on credit i'm going to give you 10 percent but I also want to talk about uh, our split king because I know a lot of our listeners are, are you know, probably married and have a partner. And so uh, I'm going to do a Jake Scott. I'm All right. Talk about the Gordon, the Gordon Monson deal, the queen size at the 1799. Now, Jake Scott, split king adjustable bases with your choice of any mattress that you want. You come in and play, you know, cold, warm, or hot. You play your, your your taste, your feel. You choose the one you want. You buy the you buy the bases at nineteen ninety nine. 
and I'm going to throw in the mattress of your choice. Split, king size, adjustable, which means his and hers. So let's say partner snoring in the middle of the night. You grab the remote, beep, bumping up a little bit, stop him. One partner likes it up a little bit on the feet, other on the head, no problem because it's a split. It's two individual sides adjusting bases at $19.99. Remember, this I'm going to do today, and let's move it to tomorrow. Today and tomorrow only, you come in, that West Creek financing, I'm going to take an additional 10% off that ridiculous $19.99 price that you buy those bases $19.99, I throw in the free map. Boom. 1825 South, 300 West. Come in and take advantage of it. Get into an adjustable bed. Clayton, thank you very much. Thanks, guys. More next. Uh, Howard Beck will join us, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.